Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Welcome, everybody, back to the Oklahoma Drill Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, and as always, I have my co-host, Matt, here with me. Last time we took a look at the Jets' 2023 schedule, went week by week for how we think things are going to go for this upcoming 2023 season. And today we are going to be taking a little bit of a bigger picture look at this season as a whole, give our bold predictions for the season, what we think might happen that's a little on the crazier side, a little more broad view rather than just week to week, game to game. Uh, no point in kind of beating around the bush any longer. Matt, I'm going to toss things to you to kick off here. We are going in completely blind. We do not know each other's predictions here, so this will be a fun little reaction for both of us to hear. Go ahead and lead us off, Matt. What is your first bold prediction of the 2023 NFL season for the New York Jets? All right. When I think of what has plagued this team over the last couple of years, more than just the quarterback position, or other than the quarterback position, rather, I would say it's been the health of our offensive line. So my first bold prediction is that our entire offensive line, all the starters, are going to be healthy all year. And together, by doing that, they're going to coalesce. They're going to gel with each other. And they're going to form as a top-tier unit. So it's kind of a two-pronged uh, pr- bold prediction here. One, that they stay healthy. And two, that they become, I'm going to say, a top 10 offensive line, run, rush, run blocking and pass blocking combined. Okay, I like it. I like it. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Matt. What uh-huh. are Who are those five starting players and where are they lining up? Ah, that's, that's the, the thing. All right. So I'm going to have Brown at left tackle. I just think that if he's healthy, uh, he's going to kind of just fall into place. And while Beckton, uh, while also appearingly he- healthy and in the best shape of his life, um, I think he's just going to have too much rust to knock off, uh, to really knock Grant, uh, Brown off his, uh, off his perch. Um, so then really it's all a matter of, does he, uh, become a problem at that point? Uh, does he request a trade? Uh, it sounds like, from what Salah said, that he and him have been talking and that Beckton understands. 
So I have a feeling he's going to wind up right back on the right side at right tackle. Not complain, but this time stay healthy and perform very well. Uh, and then you have Lakin and uh, AVT as our guards. And then Titman is going to be a no-brainer at center because uh, I don't think Connor McGovern's that good. Yeah, yeah, I like it. That would be, I think, best case scenario starting five, um, assuming Lakin Tomlinson rebounds, which is a big assumption. But we can hope, especially for the price tag. But if they can all stay healthy and if they can all gel and form that type of unit, I think that's a really solid group of players. The issue for the Jets offensive line hasn't been about the talent. It's been about keeping them on the field and finding the spots where they're going to stick. And if we can get a season this next coming year where all that happens, I think it could be a solid unit. I don't see top 10 run and pass blocking being out of the out of the question, especially when you're going to have a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers that's a lot better at handling pressure. It's a lot better at seeing blitzes, a lot better at feeling pressure in the pocket, making it harder to be sacked. I think you could have some boost in pass protection numbers just off the bat because you have such a good quarterback under center that helps your offensive line and vice versa. Your running a game, your running game should be improved because defenses can't load the boxes frequently. There's more of a threat of that passing game. There were at times during Zach Wilson's disaster that teams would put nine in the box and play press on the outside and dare the Jets to throw the ball. And they wouldn't. And they would shit destroyed in the run game as a result so i think there's a lot of reasons that that this could work out health is the big one but if that does happen i I think the rest will take care of itself and it's going to lead into one of my later predictions Uh, i'm going to bury the lead a little bit on that before we jump into this next one but but i'm right there with you matt i think that's a good one yeah I, i just see that a lot of the issues uh the guys that did stay healthy had was probably getting used to all the new faces around them changing right. almost weekly uh, and that alone i feel like will help them uh really come together and reach their full potential yeah i think so too i, I think it'll definitely have an impact um from the offense to the defense i'm going to jump over to the defensive side of the ball for my first prediction here um and when talking about the jets defense this past offseason the two guys that have been dominating the headlines uh, and deservedly so sauce gardner wins a defensive rookie of the year award first all pro rookie corner and 60 something years or something ridiculous, you know, face of the young NFL at the corner position. Seems like this guy's well on his way to becoming one of the best players in his position in the league, if not the best, considering he might already be at that one of the best uh, status. And Quinnen Williams, uh, after another all pro season in his own right, contract negotiations that d- recently reports seem to be saying are are on track and aren't too far apart. I think we both expect Matt that to wrap itself up at some point before the season starts. As we sit here at the end of May, there's still plenty of time to figure that out. You know, we're not too worried. But there's a guy in the Jets defense that I want to talk about. That's the the center of my first prediction that I think is really going to make a much more bigger name for himself this coming season and maybe deserved it last year. That's DJ Reed. Uh, Sauce Gardner was excellent, but so was DJ Reed. And I think now going into 2023, teams know who Sauce Gardner is. They're going to be well aware he is going to be the Jets' number one corner. He is going to be the guy quarterbacks look to avoid. And I think that's going to lead to DJ Reed getting targeted probably more than maybe he should. And so my bold prediction, uh, first one off the uh, cusp, Matt, I think DJ Reed's going to have at least five interceptions this year. He only had one this past season, came in the first game of the year against the Baltimore Ravens towards the end of the game. 
but we've seen his ball skills. We've seen his ability to recover. We've seen his ability to get hands on passes. And I think the more he gets targeted, the more those opportunities are going to come. Not to mention, like you were talking about, if the offensive line is healthy and they're gelling and this offense is clicking, the Jets are going to be scoring points and teams are going to have to throw to keep up with them and try and stay in the game. That's going to be even more opportunities for DJ Reed to get his hands on the ball. I think he's going to have an, a, a really, really big year. I almost wanted to say he's going to lead the league in picks, but I didn't want to quite go that far. I wasn't that quite confident. So I'm going to go with at least five interceptions. But if he gets six or seven this year and is at the top of the league or near the top of the league in interceptions, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, let's see. Uh, between Sauce and Reed, uh, they had a combined, uh, let's see, 157 targets. Uh, Reed had 83, Sauce had 74. So you know what? I am going to say that I agree with that first. Uh, I, so I, I think that the targets are going to be a lot more lopsided than they were in 2022. I could see uh, Reed probably having upwards of 100 targets uh, this mm-hmm. season. Uh, and yeah, so they're, eventually they're just going to treat Sauce like Revis, and they're just going going to avoid him at all costs. Uh, and that's going to mean a heavy workload for for Reed, and in a, a a workload that increases, he's probably going to see his stats also grow. So he had what ten uh, pass breakups and one interception. I could see him having probably twenty plus pass breakups. Uh, and yeah. yeah, I don't think five interceptions is that far off uh, either. Yeah, the, he is definitely one of the best uh, cornerbacks that's not talked about at all. Uh, you, you rarely see him in the conversation when you uh, w- when you talk about some of the great corners in this league, and even when they're talking about great cornerback duos, uh, I, I still see uh, a lot of disrespect for for Reed. Uh, so it, it's, it's something that's definitely overlooked. Uh, I think it's, it, it, it's definitely something doable. Um, I, I, I can definitely see it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And another point that I think makes it even more likely, um, unless things change this coming season, which I'm not saying they won't, but based off the information we have right now, I have reason to believe that it will be status quo on early downs, uh, or at least unless they are blitzing and looking for a particular matchup, the Jets don't travel or swap their corners around. Reed and Sauce play sides. So you're going to have teams know where Sauce Gardner is going to line up and intentionally look to target DJ Reed on the other side with maybe one of their better receivers and one of their top guys that they're looking to throw to. I think that's only going to increase his target share even more. And you're just going to have where DJ reads his raw statistics in terms of yards allowed and, and touchdowns given up, maybe not might not be elite of the elite top of the league. But I think when you look at his yards and touchdowns given allowed per target, that's when it's really going to start to shine because his target share is just going to be huge. Yeah. Although I, there, I feel like there are going to be situations uh, this year where sauce does fall because we did see it. I hope so. Year, like with Andrews, uh, we saw him follow Andrews. So I can see in specific uh, situations where we really don't have anybody that can guard Kelsey. So I can see Sauce uh, really just sticking to him. Uh, and then like-minded uh, the matchup. So in those situations, I, I can see Sauce really being locked in uh, on Sauce Island. Uh, but 
Reed is still going to get targeted the most because quarterbacks aren't going to throw at Sauce. His reputation is very well known at this point. Uh, and if he comes even close to what he did last year, uh, then they're going to do the same thing that they kind of did towards the end of the year, where they kind of just avoided him. Um, so, yeah, Reed's going to get a hefty load, uh, and I can see his production going up uh, even more. Yeah, I really think it will. Uh, I really think there's a good chance that it will. Matt, what you got up next? All right, I'm going to go back to the offensive side of the ball. Uh, we have Aaron Rodgers. That's amazing, and it's going to be a fun ride watching him. Uh, but you know what? It's still like right there like in the back of my brain that he is going to be 40. He's already has this calf muscle thing. Uh, what's to come? Uh, I think that at some point during this year, he is going to be hurt, and he might miss time. So my bold prediction is that Zach Wilson will start three or more games and win all of them. Wow. Okay. That's a bold one. Um, definitely. <laughs> it's easy to understand, and, and I can completely understand why you have a guy in Aaron Rodgers that, like you said, is aging, and we've already seen a little bit of a nick and a cut and a bruise and an OTA that kind of limited him, and the whole world held their breath and clutched their pearls for an afternoon because Aaron Rodgers bruised his leg, which I get. Um, definitely had, did some uh, pearl clutching of my own in, in that little bit of time. And if that happens, if pressure goes in or if age catches up to him and he has to miss some time, it seems l logical to think that the Jets' next best chance would be to start Zach Wilson. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think Zach Wilson gives them more of a chance than Tim Boyle. So, yeah. so I can understand the logic and the thought process there. I, I don't I don't 100 percent disagree. Uh, I'm. I'm going to be honest, Matt, it goes against one of my later <laughs> predictions. And so we are differing here, which is good. But but I can understand the the I don't want to say pessimist angle, but the the cautious angle of it might happen. He is older. And even if it does, you're going to have a guy in Zach Wilson come in. And the fact that he's going to win all three of his starts, that I think is the boldest part of all of this is yeah. thinking that he's going to come in and do it. But you know what? Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think it's that crazy, especially if it's towards the end of the year when the schedule is lighter. Exactly. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, there's kind of a duality to this full prediction. The, the pessimism of, of Rodgers not making it the full season. And then the optimism around Zach being able to come in uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed with getting a, another shot. Uh, and yeah, if it comes at the end of the year uh, in, in spots that are more favorable to him, uh, I think he has what it takes. I mean, he we did win games with him last year. Uh, he won I more games than any other quarterback for the Jets on their roster last year. Absolutely. And so I think he can do it. And especially if everything else is clicking, if that offensive line is, is clicking and he's not getting pressure right off the bat, if the run game is not getting stopped before it gets started, uh, then I think he can lean on his offense a little bit more. If that defense is the defense that we know it can be, I think this team will lift him up and he will do just enough to get us by in the interim when we need him. Uh, I like, yeah, it's not going to be Tim Boyle. I think we're going to rely on Zach. He's not going to just sit on the bench as the number three this year. I, I think it's a, a foregone conclusion that he will be 
our number two. Uh, so then it's just a matter of, will he get the shot? And I think it's just more than likely he will. Yeah, I don't. I really don't disagree. And the more I think about it, the more I think that it makes a lot of sense. And another reason why that popped into my head, we had discussed after Michael LaFleur was fired. And we did an episode detailing this situation regarding LaFleur and the Jets and him fighting with Elijah Moore and going behind people's backs and talking to other coaches in the leagues and talking about how he hated working with Zach Wilson and how it was so hard to get him to understand things and how his quarterback was making him look bad and how his passing offense was so great when anybody else was there and all of that. And I, specifically for me, it really made me think of the the environment that you're nature, you're nurturing this young quarterback in. And that the the environment and the building that he's walking into every day, is it all there and designed to help this guy improve with his best interest in mind? And I think we saw that it wasn't the case for Zach Wilson in his first couple of years. Now you have a situation where the pressure is off the coaching staff from making Zach Wilson look good. They don't, he is not the, you need to succeed. Otherwise it's our jobs on the line. You have a guy in Nathaniel Hackett that has no ties to Zach Wilson whatsoever. And his primary job is to coach the offense, get the Jets offense right, work with Aaron Rodgers to make that the case. And on, from everything that we know about Hackett and from what we've heard from other people that have been around him, he's a great teacher, a great energy, you know, a fun person to be around. And he has that sort of positive and uh, attitude and, and vibe about him that I think is going to be really, really good for Zach. And for Zach in particular, the pressure's off him, too. He no longer has to be the guy. He can just learn. He can just relax. He doesn't have to worry about all the, the the eyes and everything on him. And so if and when that time comes, I think we might see a freer, looser, you know, less ghost rattled up Zach Wilson that we've seen in a very, very long time. And I, I really think the environment's going to be better. Having Aaron Rodgers there is going to be better. I, I can't even believe that, one, I'm stunned that you had this as your prediction because it's a really, really good one, but I couldn't think of it myself. And now that we're sitting here talking about it, I'm like, I almost want to agree with you, like wholeheartedly. It completely goes against my last prediction, but I, you really made a good argument. <laughs> Are these bold enough? Because a lot of these seem very plausible. Also, <laughs> well, I think that's the whole point: is we want to be bold, but we don't. <laughs> but we also want to have some air in reality. We could sit here and and make some crazy bold predictions and be like, Zach Wilson's going to start three games and throw for 3000 yards in those three games and, and, and wins know, us a Super Bowl. There right. And wins us a Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, we could, we could do all of that if we want, but I, I think our, our people come here for a little bit more grounded reality. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm with it. All right. Uh, back from again, back and forth we go. You had offense first two. Uh, my first two are going to be on the defensive side of the ball. Like you again, uh, I have a little bit more of a, pessimistic prediction or maybe more of a let's look at this circumstance and take it in for what it is uh, prediction. I think John Franklin Myers will be traded midseason. Mm. And the reason I think that is we know the Jets have an absolute overload of pass rushing talent and defensive ends, especially after drafting Will McDonald in the first round. And I think that you're going to see specifically Michael Clemens really start to continue to grow and continue to grow into that role. I think he's going to be the guy that they maybe put a little bit of weight on. If he adds 10 pounds, he's the same size as JFM. And we've seen him on some pass rushing packages play inside already as a rookie. I think his role is going to increase. I think Jermaine's role is going to increase in year two. Obviously, they're going to get McDonald on the field. We know they like Bryce Huff a lot. He's going to be coming off, screaming off that other edge with McDonald to give them two flamethrowers for tackles to have to worry about. They have a lot of guys they have a lot of guys they can rotate. 
I think JFM is going to be the odd man out. Not that he's a bad player, not that he's not going to be, you know, capable, but I think it could be a way for the Jets to get some money off their books, especially if they're looking to extend Quinnen and have most of that money come in 2024. I think this could be a way to get some money off their books and ship him off to another team that's looking to compete, probably in the NFC, that could use some pass rushing talent. And there's just going to be too many mouths to feed. And I think the Jets are going to get an offer at the deadline that's going to be too good for them to refuse. Hmm. I think that's absolutely uh, possible. Like that, that glutton of, uh, of edge rushers, uh, I think is going to play a big role in how they use a couple players. I can see them uh, just using JFM uh, more exclusively on the inside uh, to maybe spell uh, Quinnen here and there. Uh, I, I could see that. Uh, other than that, yeah, maybe you're right. Uh, but at the same time, like I, they keep adding bodies because they feel like they need all these bodies, and it. Like, I, I feel like it, they're allergic to getting rid of them. Although that's maybe not because they did trade Martin. Right? That's exactly what I was going to bring up. That's Martin. where I was going to go next is that they add all of these bodies in the off season and then let things play out. And they say, let's get all these guys in, let's get them on our roster. And then we can decide, put them, you know, iron sharpens iron and whoever comes out best, that's going to be what happens. They signed Jacob Martin to a, a three year contract worth like $25 million in the spring, got to the season, got a handful of weeks in, saw that they had the young guys on their roster that were ready to go and ready to step up. I think they saw a lot more out of Clemens early than they expected. And I think they're expecting him to grow again next year. And they were ready to say, okay, Jacob Martin, we don't need you anymore. Ship you off to Denver. I I think this could be a similar situation where right now it's the gluttony. It's the let's get as many guys as we can. Let's draft Will McDonald in the first round. Let's tender Bryce Huff. Let's restructure Carl Lawson. Let's, you know, keep all these guys together and use them all. And then I think you're going to get to the season. And I think Michael Clemens is going to be really kicking some dank butt in year two. And I think the Jets are going to feel comfortable being like, okay, we don't need JFM. We can get younger and cheaper and at the same time and feel like we have a player that's ascending and we can move on. Steven, now here's the thing. Uh, we know that we have JFM and then if say, something happens to JFM, we know Clemens can kind of step right in and kind of fill that dual role. Now, let's say we trade JFM and something happens to Clemens. Then who, who kind of fills in that dual role? Solomon Thomas, which would not be ideal to us, but Robert Sala loves Solomon Thomas more than just about any other human loves another human being on this planet. So it would be Solomon Thomas. Okay. All right. I could see that. Uh, or, or maybe not even trying to fill it with one, with one player and kind, right. kind of doing it yeah, with multiple players with Solomon Thomas probably being one of those. Um, yeah, I think this is more than reasonable. Uh, now, what do you think our, our compensation could, we can get for him? Because right now his contract is pretty decent. He's like, what, $4 million this season? So uh, it's, it's a good little bit. It's, and, and the cap charge is really the, the bigger thing. Um, I don't think it would be more than a fourth, to be honest. Uh, I, I would be a little surprised if it was more than that. If they get more than that, that would be great. But I don't think this is going to be... I don't think this is going to be a move where teams are going to be banging down the door asking for JFM. I think this is going to be a move where the Jets really, really like what they see out of Clemens and they get an offer that is good enough in their mind to go, okay, we feel comfortable. We're going to get enough of the value back and it's going to help us out on the books and we're going to get cheaper and younger at the same time. And it's just kind of a, 
it makes sense for us to start this transition now and get ahead and get Clemens that much more playing time right now. Hmm. So I'm looking at his 2024 cap, and it's around $60 million. So <laughs> yeah, it's $4 million this year, but that's going to blow up next year. So I, that might also factor in uh, to what we can get compensation-wise. I would say, yeah, at most a fourth, if not probably a fifth or a sixth. Uh, I think it will be a fifth. If I had to guess, if you want to attach a a compensation to the prediction, I think it'll be a fifth round pick. All right. I could see that. And you know what? I don't think that it would hurt our defensive line uh, that much, too. So I'm I'm all for it. No, gain of of five and free up $16 million in 2024. Sign me up. Yep. All right, Matt. Last one for you. Who we got? All right. Uh, I'm going to stay. Uh, all three of mine are on the offensive side, uh, mostly because, you know, they can only go up uh, from what they <laughs> what we've seen from them. So oh, any kind of progress is is, is bold. Um, all right. So I'm going to say Izzy ends the year with better stats than Hall. Whoa. I think that Hall is going to probably take half the season or maybe even a little bit more uh, to really find his legs. Uh, but in the interim, I think Izzy's gonna really take the the reins and and show what he can do, uh, especially behind an offensive line. That if they're clicking, I think it's only gonna make allow him to click as well. And his home run ability uh, is going to be on full display uh, and only lead to great things. Uh, and if Hall doesn't really uh, come back full this season, then I don't see his stats really blowing anybody away. Uh, but Izzy can really make a name for himself this year uh, and give us a good problem going into next year. If we have two studs uh, that can really be interchangeable, it, it's going to be reminiscent of what the Browns have uh, with their two guys uh, in, in years now. Yeah. Uh, I, I can definitely see something similar where you, you take one guy off and you're just replacing him with another guy that's going to run it down your throat and is a threat to score at any moment. Uh, to have those, that tag team uh, going into the future, I think is going to be very special. And I think it only starts this year when Izzy gets the, his chance to shine. I mean, you know how much I love Izzy. So, so this one's right up my alley. I almost put one in that was very, very similar to this uh, honorable mention for mine since you went ahead and one-upped it and made it even better. I was going to say Izzy will have more yards rushing than the entire Jets tight end room has receiving. And, oh. and I think yours, like I said, is even better. It's just he's going to out, outrush Brees Hall. And I love how a few minutes ago you were worried if we were being too believable. And and we're saying, oh, should 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 it be a little more bold? And now here you are with this one. But yeah. but it makes <laughs> a lot of sense. It really does. I mean, ACLs are tricky. They're finicky. Brees tore his ACL and I believe it was towards the end of October. Uh, so the start of the season is going to be give or take about 10 months, uh, you know, roughly. And that's assuming that he gets any sort of action in the preseason, which I think is unlikely, you know. This guy's going to go into his second year, but it's going to be his eighth NFL game. You know, we got to it. It would be very smart not to have to rush him right in and overload him with carries. And like we talked about for a while before the draft, they needed somebody else to take that load and they got the perfect player to do it. And Izzy, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. It it makes a lot of sense. I don't know if I'm 100 percent there on your side yet to say yes, that 
he will outrush Brees Hall because I think when Brees does get to that point of being 100% back, he is going to be the bell cow and they are going to feed him to put games away. But I do really like it and it does make a lot of sense. And and the more I think about it, the more I would not be surprised if it did happen. Yeah, it really, we're, we're, it's down to who's going to be the bell cow if Hall isn't ready. And then we look at who do we have other than Hall. And you got Carter, who's kind of in the doghouse. Uh, the fact that they even got Izzy kind of shows that they're probably not that confident in Carter or Bam, for that matter. Uh, Bam is an undrafted free agent who had uh, definitely some flashes out there. Uh, but in the end, he's still an undrafted free agent and needs to grow a lot more before we can consider him uh, anything on the level of, of Hall. Uh, and Izzy, he's just has that that game breaking speed and that ability to take it to the house at any time, whether it's as a receiver or as a runner. So I I just see him as the natural fit to be, or to at least get the chance to be that guy to fill in for Hall. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely and totally understand, and, and there is no guarantee whatsoever that Brees Hall is going to be ready. And if the Jets are smart, like we've talked about, they shouldn't rush him. There shouldn't be any sort of remote idea of a thought to, we need to get this guy on the field and have him week one taking 25 carries in a game. Uh, It's just not logical. And and it would be very smart for them to give Izzy a big workload early. And if he can jump out to a wide lead and rushing, and then come the time Brees is healthy, they realize Izzy's too good to not get the ball too. And they're, a little bit more of a duo than we expected. I mean, it's not crazy. It's really not. Um, Brees Hall fantasy owners or, or suspected fantasy drafters beware because he is not going to be the superstar fantasy do it all running back that you think he is going to be. They're going to have other guys on the roster to get touches. And if they're smart, he is not going to be getting the ball a lot the first couple of games. But you know what? Stash him on that bench because <laughs> eventually he will be back. Uh, it might not be right away, but I, I, have a hard time uh, wrapping my head around the idea of him not coming back. He's so young. He's so talented. Uh, he's got the work ethic. Looks to be I, in good shape already. Looks to be in good shape already. Uh, so I see him making a full recovery at some point, but I don't think it's going to be right away. I, I wouldn't count on it being right away. Yeah, no, I wouldn't either. And that's the best thing for Brees himself and for the Jets in the long run. So uh, I'm right there with you. All right, my last one here. I saved the biggest one for last. Uh, Finally, I am also on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I alluded to it a little bit earlier that Aaron Rodgers missing some games uh, might counteract mine because I'm going to go for it and I'm going to call my shot. I think Aaron Rodgers wins his fifth MVP this year. There we go. And the reason I think that is look at what he's done when he's had a star receiver like a Devontae Adams or a Garrett Wilson Nathaniel Hackett, a reliable possession guy in Alan Lazard, an offensive line that is serviceable and enough running backs to make it work. In the three years that they were together in Green Bay, Rodgers won MVP twice. He was 30, 37 and 38 years old at the time he won those MVP awards. We just saw Tom Brady at 42 or 43 or something lead the NFL in passing yards. I think that if Rodgers is Rodgers, and this is the system that we've seen from Hackett and Rodgers before with the talent that we've talked about, not only on this show, but off air, Matt, how 
the players they had in Green Bay when they were clicking, you can kind of just sub in guys the Jets have on their roster right now to fill the same roles. I don't see any reason why this isn't a possibility. And the last nail in the coffin for me that really makes it a a strong possibility is the Jets are going to be on TV all the time this year. They're going to be in the national spotlight all the time this year. And the story of Aaron Rodgers gets the Jets to 12 wins in a playoff berth would be more than enough for the league to hand him the MVP if the stats are what we expect out of Aaron Rodgers. So barring somebody in the field like a Mahomes or a Burrow or somebody like that having an insane season, if Rodgers is Rodgers and the Jets are good and they're in the playoffs and Rodgers' stats are what we expect out of him, I think he's a very, very strong chance of winning his fifth MVP award. Uh, no, I, I might have missed this if you, if you said it, uh, but I think another great reason for him to, to make a case for him having another MVP season is our defense. I feel mm-hmm. like our defense with a better offense uh, are going to be even better, and they're going to be more well-rested. They're going to be in better positions to to really, you know, click their heels in and come after the quarterback and play the game that they want to play. Uh, so I could see them getting the ball back to Rodgers a whole lot more and to really get putting Rodgers in a position to really pad his stats. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely see it. I can see, I, I, I saw some, uh, some um, uh, what are they, uh, some people kind of mocking the season and I saw something like, 5,000 yards for, for Rodgers. I don't think it's going to be quite that good. Uh, no. But I would say I, somewhere in the mid uh, 4,000, maybe 4,300 4, yards, I would, I would put him in around that. Uh, and let's see, uh, he's always had a great touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, so I think he comes back to his elite self and really uh, kind of looks towards, uh, back towards his 2021 uh 2020 self uh i i i would love it and then hopefully it all ends with uh more confetti and taylor swift playing that that would be the hope uh that would that would absolutely be the hope uh in 2021 rogers won mvp his stats were 4115 passing yards 37 touchdowns and four interceptions i i i think he can replicate that in new york i I don't i don't see what has changed or what's different about him as a player or the offense that he's going to be in, or the talent that he's going to have at his disposal, that it makes that unreasonable. I think if Rodgers gets 4,200 yards, 38 to 40 touchdowns, and five or less interceptions, that's an MVP caliber season, because we've already seen that it's an MVP caliber season from him. Now he's going to be in the New York media. Now he's going to have the storyline of, I willed the Jets to be this good. Even if their defense helps him out a ton, Aaron Rodgers is going to be the one getting the credit for it. And when you are making the argument of most valuable player, the player that took the Jets and turned them into a playoff team, it's going to be hard for someone to beat that argument. It's going to be very hard. If everything's clicking, if health is on our side, I really can't see a reality where he's not playing top-tier football. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, good luck, League, if, if any of those things uh, come to pass, whether it's health, uh, uh, or talent reaching its uh, our, our expectations, it, he's going to do it. it. We just need all these other pieces to fall into place. 
Yeah, that Rogers is the least of my concerns about this prediction, which is the craziest part of it is that it all centers around him. But it really all centers around like you lead it off with the offensive line staying healthy. And it centers around everyone picking up this offense and getting on the same page and getting coordinated and having that chemistry in place and the defense being able to do their part. But I'm not worried about Aaron Rodgers because I know what Aaron Rodgers is. And I've already seen what he looks like in this system. It's an MVP caliber player twice. So why can't it be the same uh, in 2023 for the New York Jets? I don't see any reason why it can't. Let let me throw a scenario out there. Uh, Let's say he gets hurt, misses three games. Uh, Zach comes in and looks just as good as him. Now, does he still? Is that a a case for him not to get MVP? No, then the argument will be Aaron Rodgers fixed Zach Wilson. (laughs) <laughs> there we go. That, that, that'll be the narrative I like. And, right. That'll be and that'll be what every that'll be everything you hear from the New York side of the media. And that'll be everything you hear from 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 anybody on SportsCenter or ESPN or any of the nine things is going to be like, OK, Aaron Rodgers is so great and so amazing that he turns Zach Wilson into a good quarterback just by proximity. Like that's that's what we're going to hear. And in all reality, like we talked about, it really might be Nathaniel Hackett that's doing that. But. It's going to be accredited to Aaron Rodgers. Any success the Jets have this year is going to be accredited to Aaron Rodgers. That's that's what that's what makes me feel like really somewhat confident about this is that he has the ultimate backing of any good that happens to this team will be due to him or attributed to him, whether it actually is fair otherwise to do so. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, Rodgers is going to lift. Uh, many of both uh, with his high tide. Uh, it, it's going to be a sight to see. Uh, and I can't wait. To, it, it, what are we, 99 days? I think we got we reached the 100-day mark yesterday. 100 and, days and so- until the first game on Thursday night, I believe at this point, or it was that was 100 days of yesterday. That would be 99 days today until the first Jets game is 103 days. Double digits. Still, though, getting close. Getting, getting really close. close. We are... <laughs> We are roughly three months away. We are about to enter June in the little bit of the dead period, but we do have some OTAs ramping up. Training camp will be coming on really, real soon. The Jets are going to lead off the NFL craziness of the year period by playing in the Hall of Fame game against the Cleveland Browns. They are going to lead off the preseason, so we will get an early look at them on primetime. That'll be a lot of fun. Really excited to see some of the new rookies in that game as well. Matt, any other parting shots from you before we wrap this one up? Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see them on Hard Knock whenever that, that gets <laughs> Yeah, it's only a matter of time before only that gets announced. Uh, it's, I would be, knowing the NFL, knowing that th- they are an option, I, I would be hard-pressed to think that whether the Hard Knocks producers or the NFL as a whole was going to want any other team but the Jets to be the featured team this year. There's no way they passed this up. I, I don't think the Jets are going to want to do it, but I don't think it's going to be up to them. You know, I don't even think it really matters because they already have flight uh, 23 anyways. So it's pretty much kind of the same thing, just more on a local level. Uh, but at the same time, it, it, we're going to be watching the same thing either way. It's just yeah. going to be everybody else watching it as well. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Well, that does it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for stopping by and tuning in. Make sure you stop by next week as we continue breaking down this offseason. Matt, you know what to do. Let's wrap this one up. Uh, Matt, you can find me at Zazzy Jeff. And you can find me at Andrew Golden underscore 17. Thank you guys so much one more time for stopping by, and we will be back real soon. See ya.